The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break in. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to this beautiful Saturday afternoon broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro in with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com. You can give us a call at the range at 937-293-3914, or you can stop down and see us at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine, right across the street from DPNL. We'd be more than glad uh, to talk with you about any of your firearms-related needs or interests. If you want to get in on, in on today's show, please give us a call here in the studio at 457-1290. That's 457-1290, and we'd be more than glad to speak with you about any of your firearms-related issues. And you're already about 15 minutes late because Jeff and I have been going at it quite lively for That's the last right. 15 minutes before the show started. Well, th- this last <laughs> week uh, gave us plenty of stuff to talk about, and I want to start off Sadly. by, the, first of all, extending our heartfelt condolences and, and thoughts and prayers to the people affected by the tragedy out in Aurora, Illinois, where a disgruntled employee who was just fired uh, earlier that morning went on a shooting spree and killed five and critically injured several others, including five police officers. Um, I guess one um, bright note is that all five police officers that were shot, according to today's press report, appear to have non-life-threatening injuries and are going to be released from the hospital at some point, varying degrees Within based the on the next day or so, yeah. And, and also the one employee that was shot but was not killed is also... Uh, appears to be not life-threatening. Yeah. So th- if there's ev- if there's even a, a, the slightest silver lining, the fact that these people are going to survive, which also speaks well for the emergency medical system and the, and the trauma care that they received. And, and again, I, I want to use this example just to talk about some issues relevant to matters that we're all concerned about. Our listening audience, this is something that we have talked about time and time again for the uh, 10 plus years we've been on the, or coming up on 10 years that we've been on the air. And it's hard we've been to believe discussing we're, it. this is our 10th That's year. That's right, in, in, in May. Um, it, we've been discussing these issues for quite some time, but when we talk about active killer situations, whether it's in a school, a church, a business, in public, wherever the case might be, it's something everybody's concerned about. And we continue to uh, espouse the theory that uh, uh, when facilities have armed people who are armed, ready, willing, and capable to take situations uh, under control and to neutralize the threat, they stand a greater chance of minimizing the tragedy. Now, um, in this particular incident, it was somewhat unusual because, according to news reports, it took, I think it was an hour to an hour and 15 minutes before the threat, the suspect was ultimately neutralized on premises. Police responded to the scene. They engaged in a gun battle at various points with the suspect who had already apparently killed the employees and then was moving about the inside of the business. Police responded to the scene. They were unable to locate him initially. They were trying to uh, extract the wounded officers, I think some uh, wounded civilians. Uh, They apparently made a determination relatively quickly upon arriving on the scene that the people that were deceased were already deceased by the time they got there, at least according to the initial report. So uh, again, I don't, we'll wait to see what all the details, the after action report as to how that response occurred before we talk too much about the response. But I just want to let you know that it was somewhat unusual and probably our listeners, when you listen to the timeline, wondered why did it take an hour and 15 minutes before the threat was neutralized? Well, remember, these situations are highly stressful, dangerous, um, rapidly evolving and ever-changing. So the police arriving on the scene, and there were numerous agencies who were responding uh, that were coming in from different angles. They were getting all kinds of information, probably some accurate, some inaccurate. They were sorting through that, and they ultimately were able to confront the gunman and uh, uh, kill him. Um, Now, let's go back to... To be fair, the the police were on scene within about four minutes, and... That's very quick. With in fact, half of the national average, and yet even then, there were these many people were killed. So, 
even if you even if you have very quick response, it's unlikely that the police are going to be able to stop it in time to keep people from getting injured. And that's something that most of the discussion about gun control, about additional checks, about all the restrictions fails to even acknowledge, much less discuss. Well, we're going to talk about some of those factors now. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the the gunman's uh, past. Uh, What we know, according to the preliminary uh, press report, is that he had six prior arrests um, in the city um, of Aurora. Um, He... Those arrests were detected when he applied for a FOID card uh, back in uh, early 2000s. For those not from Illinois, that's a the fire, fire owner's owner. identification card. Right. And that's required of anybody that wants to get a gun, whether they want to go hunting, sports shooting. It's the precursor to getting a concealed, they call it a CCP, a concealed carry permit in Ohio, except under circumstances where an individual is getting an emergency concealed carry permit similar to ours in Ohio where there's an emergency circumstance and they don't have time to get it, but it's kind of very similar. But a FOID is required just to own a firearm in Illinois. That's right. Own and possess. Um, He had, uh, his last arrest was in 2008 for violating an order of protection, which automatically threw up a red flag initially to most people because they think, well, order of protection is an automatic prohibiting factor. But that is only while the order of protection is in force. What happens in many of these cases, people have domestic disputes and order of protection is issued. That is in place a a period of time, usually through a divorce proceeding, maybe a little bit after, depending on the facts and circumstances. And it can go inevitably many years beyond the initial incident, depending on the facts. But then at some point... The person who's uh, subject to the order of protection files a motion to have it rescinded. A judge assesses the circumstances, and then he rescinds the order of protection, so then it goes away. It's not in place anymore, and it is not um, like a, a, a criminal. It's not equivalent to a criminal conviction that stays on his record. It's and only in, applicable while it's in force. And in the state of Ohio, it automatically expires after five years, although it could be renewed. So no matter what type it is, the longest it would be is five years. So. Yep. He, he was then arrested uh, as late as 2017 for disorderly conduct and criminal damaging to property, both of which are misdemeanors. And again, those were only arrests but not convictions. In January of 2014, he was issued his FOID card. Um, now you say, okay, that was January 2014, yet he had um, some prior incidents. But again, they were only looking at convictions. And in the state of Ohio, or in the state of Illinois, um, I don't think that they, I think that they were like a lot of states. They didn't do expanded background checks. They did local and state checks for the issuance of a FOID card. So there would have been probably no expanded background check like we've had in Ohio since 2015 that would cover the entire country. The, the NIC system would not necessarily have kicked in at that particular time. So he was issued his FOID card in March of 2014. Um, he then, I'm sorry, in January 2014, he then applied for the purchase of a handgun on uh, March 11th, on March 6th, he applied for the, uh, the uh, which when they say applied for the purchase, he probably filled out the 4473 right. and um, went to buy a gun. And then five days later on March 11th, he, w- he took possession of the gun. Now, I don't know the circumstances there. There could have been a delay initially. It could have been that uh, something was going on with the system. We don't know why there was a five-day period there. Because and the some states system, have a delay built yes, into the system. Automatically, I don't know and if that that's might Illinois be in Illinois not. because yeah. Illinois isn't very gun-friendly, so it very well could be. So that wouldn't necessarily be unusual. However, um, here, here's where things start to get a little sketchy. Um, in March, in March 16th of 2014, he applied for his what they call concealed carry permit in Ohio. And during that process, during the fingerprinting and uh, background check, it was discovered that he had a felony conviction out of Mississippi for aggravated assault from eight, August of 1995. And again, that would have been a, much, a likely more expansive search than that initial void search that was done several years prior um, when he uh, prior to the time he got his uh, his gun however once he purchased the gun in 2014 you would think that search would have picked up that arrest from 1995 but apparently it didn't and the gun got transferred it wasn't until that uh, um, they turned down the the investigation and the fingerprinting during the concealed carry process application that his his uh, concealed carry permit application was rejected and the state of of Illinois rejected his FOID or revoked his FOID card, meaning they 
revoked it. Now, I don't know if they physically sent somebody out. It doesn't sound like that's the case, but they simply, in the system, indicated that it was no longer valid. So had he been stopped by law enforcement and that became an issue, they would have known by checking the system that his void was void and he would not have been able to possess a firearm. Now, this is where the question is unanswered as to what happened relative to the authorities following up the investigation of why that conviction from 2000 or 1995 didn't show up. Obviously, one logical reason is that he answered no to whether or not he'd ever been convicted of a felony back when he purchased the handgun in 2014. That's a federal felony. That should have certainly triggered some sort of investigative action on the part of the FBI and or the ATF, which meant they should have launched it. I mean, logically, I think they would have launched an investigation to determine the veracity of the, the statements that he filled out on the, the form and then at least get him, call him in and uh, question him relative to that um, and, and, and then uh, proceed accordingly. And one of the processes there, if he has the conviction, they would have been required to confiscate the firearm and he would probably been charged with multiple offenses. Now, we don't know exactly what happened there. But I just I know people are wondering how all these circumstances can slip through the cracks. But it's yet another example when somebody goes through, in this case, multiple processes. Some are limited, some are expansive, and certain things happen. Criminal acts can still kind of follow, and uh, so there's a lot of questions un- unanswered at this point. And to be fair, the Aurora police chief said that there's still an investigation going on. So there's that was one of the questions they wanted to know the answer to. How is it that he still had the gun that he purchased after his void was revoked? The one thing I can almost guarantee is that the intensity of the investigation relative to him acquiring the gun, the information he filled out on the original 4473, and everything that happened after that is going to probably intensify as a result of this terrible, unfortunate incident. Yeah, that's And, and it like should. That. I mean, it, sometimes this is things that, that trigger these kinds of things. Well, and it's one way, if, if you can learn what happened and how did we get to this point, maybe there's something useful that can be done to prevent the next situation. Unfortunately, most of the proposals for what we're planning on doing to enhance gun safety takes none of that into account. And yeah. we'll probably get a chance to talk a lot more about that after the break. Yeah. One last thing I just wanted to mention, and we're going to go to break here very shortly, but uh, it was a 40 caliber Smith and Wesson uh, handgun with apparently a laser on it, which kind of goes against what, uh, you know, the the current mood in the country is relative to rifles. But we'll talk more about that. You mean in terms of the attitude about how bad, you know, the problem is rifles? The argument about rifles being so deadly and... So, and... (laughs) And a, and a forty caliber, especially purchased in those times, that was a pretty standard self-defense caliber. And having a laser on a handgun is nothing like unusual. All right, we're going to take a break. If you'd like to be part of the show, give us a call at 457-1290, and we'll get you up on the board. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's Ultimate Home Expo is going on this weekend at the Dayton Mall, the only home show where admission and parking is free. The Ultimate Home Expo. Everything for your home is at one location. Bathroom, flooring, heating and air conditioning, hot tubs, kitchens, health and wellness. Some of the top businesses in the area there to answer your questions in all facets of home improvement. Whether you're just out looking for ideas or ready to start the next project, your first stop is the Ultimate Home Expo. The show runs February 8th through the 18th, and don't forget admission and parking is free. Live music in the center court, Monarch Market with demos all weekend on painting and staining, essential oils, farmhouse inspiration, and many more. The best area businesses in all facets of home improvement. Come out and comparison shop at one location. The Ultimate Home Expo at the Dayton Mall, February 8th through 18th. More information online at HomeExpoDayton.com. That's HomeExpoDayton.com. The Dayton Gun Show returns to the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Always on target with discount prices on everything you need for the shooting sports and self-defense. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 9 to 4, free parking. Children under 12, free with adult. Bye. 
buy, sell, and trade at the Dayton Gun Show, Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center. This weekend, advanced tickets, admission coupon, and more info at cegunshows.com. That's cegunshows.com. See you there. Better squeeze that lucky rabbit's foot. Check your horoscope and shake that lucky eight ball. Powerball is up to $260 million. That's $260 million. Take on the odds your way and play Powerball today. And for a limited time, play Pick 3 for chances to win more, nearly 20% more at no additional cost during our popular Pick 3 Red Ball promotion. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness, and we are extending our offer for a free 30-day membership. That's right. You can still check us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. We have eight locations with tons of equipment, rows of cardio, and group fitness classes. We also have free childcare and free tanning. You can even do your cardio in our movie theater. Also, most of our clubs are open 24 hours, so don't wait. Get your free 30-day membership by stopping in or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. Hi, I'm Tom Perry, owner of Long Cleaners. Having a partner like Farmers and Merchants Bank means they know me by name. That's why I trust the lending staff at Farmers and Merchants Bank. My loan officer is always eager to help me. Thanks, Tom. Unlike those bigger banks, we understand what it takes for small businesses to succeed. I'm Clint Morton with Farmers and Merchants Bank, and we have a cool offer for you. For a limited time, get a free Yeti cooler when you apply for and close a new business loan. Does your bank do that? Farmers and Merchants Bank, FDIC insured, equal housing lender. Comfort and care in a supportive lifestyle. It's what to expect at Brookhaven. Hi, this is Colleen Brady, Assistant Administrator. Our assistant living is for individuals needing some assistance with daily activities, but not requiring continual skilled medical services. Brookhaven offers a safe, enjoyable lifestyle for seniors who find living alone is no longer a viable option. Call us today for a personal tour of our beautiful new one-bedroom suites at 833-2133, Brookhaven Retirement Community. Expect to be impressed. If you are concerned about cancer such as breast, lung, prostate, or virtually any other type, there's world-class cancer care close to home. Dayton Physicians Network, a multi-specialty group with a team of cancer specialists and urology doctors in six cancer centers and two urology offices throughout the Miami Valley. Dayton Physicians Network utilizes state-of-the-art treatment like the Varian's TrueBeam STX, delivering powerful cancer treatments with pinpoint accuracy. Take control of your health and visit DaytonPhysicians.com. We're here for you. Clouds expected to break throughout the afternoon, making way for some sunshine. High temperature up to 36 degrees. Overnight tonight, partly cloudy skies and a low of 24. Chance for snow showers arriving in the morning hours on Sunday, changing to a wintry mix, then rain throughout the day. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. H-I-O. Welcome back to the show. And again, if you want to get in on today's show, give us a call at 457-1290. We have a couple call- uh, callers uh, in the queue, and I want to encourage you just to stay with us. I'll try to get to you, but we may not get to you until after the break, because I just want to mention in closing, uh, because we don't have all the facts and circumstances surrounding the Aurora incident, I want to just make a statement that um, additional laws won't necessarily eliminate or, or minimize the chance of those kinds of things happening. Um, in this particular case, it appears, and again, with preliminary information being uh, somewhat sketchy, that enforcement of current laws and the provisions relative to those laws could have minimized but not eliminated. Because even if the law enforcement had followed up and seized the gun relevant to the 1995 uh, felony conviction, whether or not they find out that the person purposefully lied on his application, if they'd have seized that, the individual could have gone out and bought a gun on the open black market uh, through some friends, acquaintances, or whatever. And if he was hell-bent on doing what he did, which many of these people are, they could still do it. So um, I just want to note that the, the additional laws very rarely, as we found time and time again, do anything to circumvent these kinds of things happening. But that's not something that ever becomes part of the discussion when we have people putting these bills out on the floor of Congress, going in the bill and so forth. Let's uh, jump out and talk uh, to Bruce, who's calling from Greenville. Bruce, welcome to the show. Well, hi, guys. How have you been? Well, well thanks for calling. Well, as far as the Foyt card goes, I was stationed in Illinois for the past last couple of years of my military career back in the 90s. 
I don't know if there have been changes in the law since, but at that time, when you applied for a FOID card, to my knowledge, it was a background check at the state level only. You're right. So You're right, Bruce, because yeah, I was I was a police officer there for several years and lived there, and it was basically the same thing, and they hadn't done universal checks, and they probably didn't until states like Ohio and other states started doing that on a regular basis. Right, so they wouldn't have known about his prior conviction down there in Mississippi. Secondly, with the firearm that he used, one of the reasons that they did not or could not confiscate it was, except for Chicago and a couple of Chicago-area suburbs, there was no actual registration of gun to owner in Illinois. So if he wasn't in one of the communities that required handgun or weapon registration, they had no way of knowing he had it. The only way they could have known was to go to the dealer where he got it, but if they didn't know he had it, they wouldn't know where he got it. Right. I I understand that, Bruce. And I'm just saying that after, um, I, I see how that process goes, but certainly once they found out that he had purchased a gun, which who knows, they may have just now found out that he purchased the gun relative to the trace and yep. started getting that information. So what you say is accurate because they didn't keep a registry as to where those guns went. But even with a FOID card, if you, I mean, that's a fire owner's ID card, and the person who would get that would be someone who's likely a firearms owner or intends to be. So if they revoke the card, it would be due diligence to find out if he had a firearm. Now, he could lie to them. He could have kept it hidden someplace. We don't know what happened in that case. And that's, again, as the police chief from Aurora said this morning, uh, right before noon, that that was something that was still under investigation. Well, if you're an Illinois resident and you have a FOID card, which you have to have to do anything firearms-wise in Illinois, you cannot purchase a firearm, you cannot purchase ammunition without a FOID card, Illinois does have a three-day waiting period from the time you apply to get the gun or go to purchase the gun before you can pick it up. That's three business days. Right. So if he buys it on Thursday, he can't get it until the following Monday. There's your five days. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. And I know even as a police officer, I was subject to the FOID card. That was my first police yep. job. I had to go ahead. As soon as I got commissioned, I had to go apply for because at the time I didn't have one. Um, I had to go get my FOID card, and uh, then it was a pretty quick process, or at least the sheriff's yeah, process mine very quickly. <laughs> and uh, then I was able to go to the academy, and everything was fine and dandy. So uh, you're exactly right. And uh, I couldn't remember about the three-day waiting period, but it sounds logical. Like some other states, they do have the three-day waiting period. The cool-down period is what they call, or the check period, where you know they just want to make sure certain things are, uh, or at least in their minds, they're they're convincing themselves emotionally that it's going to make a difference. And and maybe in a few isolated cases it does but in most cases i don't know that it really does and in what that what it fails to recognize is that someone who is in immediate danger then has a three-day wait before they can actually get the firearm that they need in order to defend themselves bruce we're going to need to go to a break here in a second so make sure you stay on the phone because there's some other topics i want to talk about and i know you have some information we are going to head right now into the news center but this is mark avery and jeff pedro for shooting from the hip we'll be right back on am 1290 and news 95.7 whio This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 2.30. I'm John Tisdale with the WHIO News Update. Our top story, we're seeing some sunshine mixed with clouds right now, but a wintry mix is expected to return to the area tomorrow. Sunshine expected later today, but snow and ice are on the way. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO triple team traffic. Uh, we have crews still on scene of an earlier crash. It's on Verona Road near North Gettysburg Avenue. Also got a uh, Dayton crew still on scene of an earlier wreck. This is on Wayne Avenue on uh, in South Kiwi Street. And if you're going to be traveling onto the freeways here on this Saturday afternoon, if you're going to be traveling eastbound 70 from State Route 49 to I-75, the eight-mile drive is going to take you about seven minutes. Our top story, if you have plans to be outside this afternoon, you should see sun mixed with clouds. We're seeing that right now outside our studios on South Main Street. But tomorrow, wintry mix is set to return to the area. This is going to be light precipitation starting as snow showers in the morning, transitioning to a wintry mix, possibly containing some of that freezing rain. And as we progress through the afternoon, warmer air continuing to move in from the south. And that's going to transition us from a wintry mix 
to the rain showers. Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mack will have the full forecast coming up in just a moment. Now the latest on yesterday's warehouse shooting in Aurora, Illinois. Authorities say a fired worker who killed five people had and and had six prior arrests locally. Aurora Police Chief Kristen Zeman says the gunman also had felony had a felony conviction in Mississippi. Once this felony conviction was discovered, the offender's conceal and carry permit was rejected and his FOID card was revoked by the Illinois State Police. Authorities say the gunman also wounded six, including five police officers, before officers killed him. We've learned none of the officers' wounds are considered life-threatening. In Greene County, traffic is moving again on State Route 72 near Turnbull Road near Cedarville Township after a semi went off the road and flipped onto its side. No other cars were involved in this accident. No one was injured. The driver was all right. WHO's James Ryder says crews spent hours working to get the scene clear. In Clark County, a Springfield man convicted in connection with a July police chase on I-70 that reached 120 miles per hour is heading to prison. Jeffrey Strodes Jr. is sentenced to six years in prison for possessing heroin, tampering with evidence, and aggravated possession of fentanyl. Cops say Strodes led them through numerous neighborhoods onto State Route 4 and I-70 before coming to a stop at a dead end on Ironwood Drive. WHO's Ron Otto officials say Strodes had several outstanding warrants for his arrest and did not have a valid driver's license before the chase. Later this afternoon, the Dayton Flyers will host the VCU Rams at the UD Arena. Today's game is a sellout and a whiteout game. Fans are encouraged to dress in white. Coach Anthony Grant says this is the first of several big games for the Flyers. There's a lot of basketball left to be played with seven games, so we just got to make sure that we, we prepare as best we can and take it one at a time, and, and take care of ourselves. Our pregame coverage will begin in a little bit more than a half hour from now at 3 o'clock. Tip-off is at 4 with Larry Hanskin and Bucky Bockhorn on the call, followed by Flyer feedback from Flanagan's after the game, all right here on the home of the Flyers. And now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mack. Clouds expected to break throughout the afternoon, making way for some sunshine. High temperature up to 36 degrees. Partly cloudy skies overnight tonight and a low temperature of 24 degrees. We'll start off with snow showers in the morning on Sunday. Transition to a wintry mix containing freezing rain and eventually rain showers by the time we get into the afternoon. High temperature on Sunday lifting to 37 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar is clear, seeing some sun mixed with clouds. Currently, we've got 28 degrees in Huber Heights, 26 degrees in Springfield, 28 degrees in Dayton at 234. I'm John Tisdell, WHIO Continuing News. When you're driving to work, you ever wonder, is this as good as it gets? Are all these other people going somewhere better than I am? If your job feels like just a job, it's time to explore what we offer at Dayton Progress Corporation. We are a reputable, locally headquartered, global manufacturing company. And we are looking right now for people who want to pursue a career with us. If you're looking for a great place to grow with excellent pay, benefits, 401k, a retention bonus for the first three years, tuition reimbursement, and bonus programs, then apply in person Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at 500 Progress Road in West Carrollton. Or email Email us your resume to jobs at DaytonProgress.com. Remember, this is not just a job, it's a career. Hi, I'm David Turpin, President of Dayton Progress, and I'm speaking to you today about the wonderful opportunities that await you at Dayton Progress Corporation. Start your career with us now. Dayton Progress is an equal opportunity employer. Find new roads to savings at Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks. The intersection of Routes 4 and 29 in Mechanicsburg is the place you'll find dependable transportation. Great deals, no doubt, every day. For a young family member driving to and from school, for a person who spends a lot of time working on the road, or a parent who doubles as a shuttle service, you'll always find a great deal at Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks. Come see us and discover a big city selection of trucks, cars, vans, and SUVs. Dave Kale specializes in hard-to-find trucks and trucks to get you through the winter snow. Dave says you'll always get a warm reception at his dealership. We urge you to take the easy country drive where you'll find no hassles, minimum time at the dealership, plus our great selection of GM-certified used vehicles. Find new roads to Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks, routes 4 and 29 in Mechanicsburg. Visit their website, DaveKehlChevrolet.com. Call 1-800-886-1000 to get started. For over 30 years, the place to save is Dave Kale's Chevrolet. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
Welcome back to the show. And as I mentioned at the top of the hour, I, I noted that this past week was filled with a lot of newsworthy items. And probably the second most newsworthy item was that uh, H.R. 8, uh, which is uh, billed as a bipartisan background checks act of 2019, went through what's called a markup session in uh, Congress. And uh, during that markup session, as was typically the protocol, the Democrats uh, presented their arguments. They let the Republicans make recommendations. They shot down the re- recommendations, and they moved forward with the bill pretty much as it was uh, originally written, although we don't know specifically what, if any, changes were made at that time. I want to note that uh, this bill is uh, proposed as the purpose of the act is to utilize the current background check process to ensure individuals prohibited for gun possession are not able to obtain firearms. Now, just if you listen to that, why do we need another bill when we already have a provision in place, the federal background check system, that does just that? Well, the answer is this. What they're trying to do is to stretch the authority or the jurisdiction of that bill to cover transfers at gun shows, private transfers, and then it gets into private transfers in between individuals, and then also it gets into issues about what happens in cases where you the most simplest case is when you have somebody over to the house and you're proud of a new gun you just purchased and you went down and, and uh, you go down in your safe and you get it out or you take him down and you show him your gun and you let him hold it. Technically, you're transferring it from one individual to the other. Does that constitute a crime? Uh, clearly, I don't think for logical common sense interpretation that it is, but Mark brought up some issues that are um, potentially problematic, and Mark, you want to mention the one that you well, used? I think I think one of the uh, issues that they added was that if the gun owner wasn't still present, so if you went back down into the basement to get another one, that would have been a felony. If you have a friend who wants to try out a gun and you loan it to them, and they go to the range and try out the gun, I think one that's probably has completely not been considered, but is pretty important, is if you have a friend who is under risk, maybe the uh, a violent spouse, and doesn't own a gun, you take them to the range, train them properly on how to safely handle that firearm, give them a firearm, and then allow them to use that firearm until they have the opportunity to go through and get their own and, and so forth. All of those would be felonies based on, yeah. on what they and, proposed. And the other thing, when you look at the letter of the law relative to what Mark just said, I just want to clarify one thing. The temporary transfer to another individual can only take place at these three places, at a shooting range or other designated area for the purpose of target shooting, for purposes of lawful hunting, or when you've made sure that the individual will comply with licensing and permit requirements. The last one is really not an issue because... Anybody that goes hunting knows it's very important for you to get a license because there's potential huge consequences if you don't. But again, what, by by the letter of the law, the transfer when they the other problem that's posed is at a shooting range. We know what that means, but or other designated area for the purpose of target shooting. So let's say as like we do so many times, we go out to the farm and we go out to an area on the farm and we shoot, and I transfer a gun from myself to someone else so they can shoot. Well, then the question comes, I know that area is designated for target shooting, but but does a potential person that wants to be a gun grabber know that that area is designated for uh, target shooting when they would say, well, you only target shoot there once a month when in fact it's a cow pasture or a uh, uh, just corn a field, field. cornfield or whatever it might be the, the rest of the year. So it just creates some problems that I think in, in general – I think are we're, we're getting too concerned about it, but I don't like the fact that they put vague and ambiguous language that leaves things up to interpretation so that a overzealous prosecutor could make a point in a particular jurisdiction depending on the circumstances. Now, it specifically exempts uh, transfers between immediate family members, grandparents to grandkids, aunts and uncles to their nieces or nephews, father, mother to son and daughter, those sorts of things. So those kinds of transfers are exempted. They also allow a provision that if an executor has to take possession of an estate, that ultimately he can retain possession and then give them to whoever, assuming that they've uh, been reasonably checked out, he can transfer those guns to the family members uh, once the estate is is ultimately uh, settled. Now, in those particular cases, I just have to tell you from from a couple examples, the executors of those estates typically let the family take possession yeah. of those things until the final disposition is ultimately decided. So I don't know that that's going to be such a great, great, uh, great big issue. But you know, when you talk about um, limiting 
the, the transfer of firearms. Uh, what they're trying, their their assumption is that, and and we've kind of countered this two or three shows ago. Their assumption is that if you stop people selling guns, individuals selling guns to private individuals at gun shows without a background check, and that if you um, uh, uh, limit private individuals. Uh, from just selling them to their neighbor, you're going to eliminate crime. Well, what did we find out just based on a study that was kind of conducted by people who were going into it anti-gun? They found out that over 90 to 95% of all guns used in crime aren't obtained through the legal background check process anyway. And most of the remaining ones are obtained by uh, straw purchase type situations and or um, um uh, well, nonetheless, individual personal, individual transfers. personal transfers. So some of them are and they intentionally legally. didn't separate those. That's exactly right because they did. They were already on thin ground to begin with, but you know it was just that way. Let's go back out and and uh, let Bruce in on this because Bruce, we know that you study these things pretty regularly. Uh, what is your take on both of these two bills, uh, HR eight and HR eleven twelve? Well, as far as the advanced or the extended background checks and all that, the big question that goes unanswered here and the one that they have not confronted is the idea that compliance with law is voluntary. I don't care what the law is, from a parking ticket up to committing mass murder, it's up to the individual to make the choice as to whether or not to obey the law and not do those things that violate the law. That's the big one. Number two, since it's only going to to apply to people that obey the law, how are they going to get the criminal element to comply with the background check? It's never going to happen. It, Bruce, Bruce seen, if you answer that, I want to interrupt. If you can answer that one, buddy, you could probably be in Trump's cabinet. Okay, if you can oh, come up with a solution <laughs> to that, uh, that dilemma, you would have a lot of favor with a lot of politicians around the country. And that's clearly yeah, well, the problem. That leads us to the next, the, the next big issue we've had ever since, actually, 1968 with the Gun Control Act, but especially under the Brady Bill, you get people that violate the law. I used to sell guns, okay? I used to be a, work in a gun shop selling guns. We'd get people to get rejected. Not very many. Statistically, it's usually 2 to 3% that get a, a solid rejection. Just the mere fact that they made the attempt to purchase a firearm as a prohibited person is a federal felony worthy of five years in federal prison and $250,000 in fines. The problem that we have here is well less than 4% of the people that violate that law are ever even cited or prosecuted, let alone convicted. So they've got the law in the books. They don't use it. Well, it doesn't work. Well, the flip side of that, the flip side of that is if people who are declined appeal, most of them, it's reversed. Yes, that's true. So, so that's another factor I just want to mention. In our 15 years in business, the overwhelming majority of people who rejected were ultimately, after they appealed the process, were ultimately able to get their firearms. So that, that number is even greatly, even greater reduced than the four, 3 or 4%. And exactly. you're, you're exactly right. The individuals who falsify information on those on the 4473, those are very serious offenses. But again, Almost many of those haven't prosecuted. gone been pro- prosecuted. Almost yeah, that's never. Where I should have clarified it. What I meant by the three to four percent was three to four percent of the people that are denied are actually hard denials where they can't. They're not legally capable of doing it, right. but they're not prosecuted, and no. that leads the the anti gunners to come out and say, "Well, you know, we passed this law and it doesn't work. So, what's Look, the answer? We need stricter gun laws." Right. We'll yeah. pass another law that won't work. Yeah. Exactly. It only applies to the law abiding. It's like all the, the no gun signs that we see in a lot of places. Not so many as there used to be, thanks to the local efforts. But the one thing that I've explained to people, especially one of the banks I dealt with, I called them and said, Why don't you want my business? Huh? Well, you got exactly. That sign on your yeah. front door tells me I'm not welcome. Well, what do you mean? Well, the slash and the circle and slash, no handgun. Well, we just don't think it's a good idea. Those signs yeah. do two things, two things only no more, no less. They tell every bad guy, come in and do what you want. Nobody can stop you. And you don't want and my business. bigger than that, they tell every customer and every employee that in the eyes of corporate, your life is worthless. Right. Not worth yep. a penny. Well, as, as, us- as, as usual, Bruce, checking, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, as far as the background check goes, we've already got everything. We've got every tool in the toolbox we need to you know, accomplish what the intents of the law were or are. This enhanced background check is not going to work, and the big reason is, which was 
openly exposed yeah. during Obama's administration, the only way for a so-called advanced background check or extended background check, whatever you want to call it, is going to work is if you have nationwide registration of every firearm in the country. And that's not going to happen. That ain't going to happen. That's right. And again, compliance is voluntary. How are they going to know if yep. I give my grandson the shotgun my father gave me 50 years ago? If it was going to work anywhere, it would have worked in Canada, and it didn't, it didn't work, work in Canada. Yeah, Massive failure. Cost yep. of billions, accomplished nothing. The only thing that happened, crime rate went up. Bruce, again, thank you for your valuable insight. We're going to move on to just a couple more topics, and we only have a few more minutes. But again, thank you for your call. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. All, All right. right. I, I wanted to also mention, just as kind of a follow-up to that last discussion, H.R. 1112 would eliminate the three-day what they call safety valve uh, provision. And what they want to do, they want to replace it with a procedure that provides gun buyers with basically no protection and makes it uh, uh, very tedious. If the FFL initiates a check and does not receive a response after 10 days— now get it. After ten days, they want ten to move it to ten days. Then days. The, ten working days. The prospective purchaser then has to uh, petition the FBI to permit the transfer, and that may not occur for another ten days. But that's ten business days. So if you look at the initial couple days plus twenty, you could look twenty-two, twenty-three days, and in a month there aren't that many business days. So the example they gave as being. Um, against this bill was that if somebody went in around the uh, Black Friday holiday and they wanted to purchase a firearm and for whatever reason there was a delay, they could literally not take possession of that gun because of all the um, uh, holidays and weekends that occur between Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year till right after the New Year. So it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, well beyond that, the next check is only valid for 30 days. So they do that, they do that check, then they have to wait, and they have to wait again, then they have to wait again. And by the time that it finally expires and they would be able to purchase the gun, they're going to have to go through another next check because the old one was no longer valid. And the unfortunate reality is if an individual got frustrated with that in day 27 and said, the heck with it, I'm not even going to do with, deal with it, calls the, uh, the gun dealer and says, look, forget about that. Then he goes in February and redoes it. The, the, the FBI probably hasn't done anything to clear that up, so the process will start all over again, absolutely. and it'll be another 30 days. So and it's the absolutely only, The only way around that is to have them open a voluntary appeal file, and until recently, those weren't even looked at, much less processed. Yeah. So uh, the volu- for anybody who's not in, uh, informed and uh, understanding about that, a voluntary appeal file says you're going to tell the FBI that it's okay for them to keep the research that they do about you because otherwise, every time they do that research, if you are temporarily declined or you are declined and you and you appeal, then they have to go in and do additional research. They find out what the right answer is, and then they have to release all that information. They can't keep it. Yeah. So the voluntary appeal okay. file says it's a good guy file that says and, you're okay. And that actually was uh, one of the first thing uh, the ATF under President Trump's watch did Absolutely. was to make that a priority and uh, make it so that those individuals got a uh, response very quickly and that it wasn't an unusual delay to where they got frustrated and just lost interest. Yeah, that was, and that and that was uh, one of the administrative things that was done during the previous administration to make it more difficult for the law-abiding citizens, because that's who these people are. Anybody, just because you got declined doesn't mean you're some sort of uh, criminal. It only means that the system showed that you were prohibited, and it could be because your name was similar to someone else who is a prohibited person, and then you're declined as a result of that, completely unfair. As soon as they do the research, they realize, of course, they have your fingerprints when they do that research, and then they can say, oh, this was not the person, even though the name might have been the same, we shouldn't have declined that, and then the next time you go back, you get to do it all over again, unless you intentionally tell them that they can keep the file. All right, we need to take our last break for the hour. If you'd like to get in on the last few minutes, give us a call at 457-1290, and we'd be happy to get your call on the air. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. As you're out and about, make sure to stop by the Dayton Mall for the Ultimate Home Expo, the only home show with free admission and free parking. The Ultimate Home Expo at the Dayton Mall, February 8th through the 18th, 
everything you could possibly need for home improvement ideas. Some of the top businesses will be there to answer your questions. Plus, there's demonstrations in the center court and live music during the weekend as well. A lot of people there, lots of fun. We're stopping out while you're running around, whether you're looking to upgrade your kitchen, remodel your bathroom, or just create that landscape that is make your home going to pop. It is the ultimate home expo where dreams start to become reality. Again, at the Dayton Mall, February 8th through the 18th, admission and parking is free. Food, drink, and entertainment. Lots of information available online at homeexpodayton.com. That's home. Expo Dayton, the ultimate home expo, February 8th through 18th at the Dayton Mall. Dollar Shave Club. Dollar, but way more than just Shave Club. Dollar, that's right, everything you need to get ready in the bathroom club. Dollar, and they're all top shelf products too, club. Dollar, and can you believe it's only $5 to get started, club? Dollar, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, face wash, toothpaste, toothbrush, prep scrub, shave butter, shave lather, post-shave cream, post-shave dew, beard oil, repair serum, hair gel, hair paste, hair cream, pomade, hand cream, face moisturizer, lip balm, colognes, butt wipes with the cool peppermint tingle, oh, and of course, really, really great Razors Club. Dollar, but we're certainly not going to change our name to that club. Right now, join the club with one of our shave, shower, or oral care starter sets for just 5 bucks. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular price. Get this deal at dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton today. That's right, that's the name of your city after our web address. dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton. Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness, and we are extending our offer for a free 30-day membership. That's right. You can still check us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. We have eight locations with tons of equipment, rows of cardio, and group fitness classes. We also have free childcare and free tanning. You can even do your cardio in our movie theater. Also, most of our clubs are open 24 hours, so don't wait. Get your free 30-day membership by stopping in or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. A real patient talks about many dental implants with Dr. Volk. Uh, my name is John from Springfield, Ohio. After I go in there, the tooth is pulled, the implant is in, the tooth is on, and I'm walking out of there two hours later with a, with a usable tooth. And the final results? Well, the teeth look great. They feel great. I can eat anything. They're easy to clean. This is the fourth tooth I've had done. If missing teeth are bothering you, call Dr. Volk at 898-8990 or visit tvolk.com to schedule a free consultation. Your garage is an entrance to your home. Transform it into a welcoming entryway. It'll look great, but more importantly, Nature Stone reduces tract in dirt, eliminates puddling, standing water, and salt damage, and covers uneven concrete so you don't slip or trip. Don't replace the concrete. Don't paint your floor. It just doesn't work. Nature Stone is the affordable garage floor solution that beautifies your home. Call or go to naturestone.com to schedule your free in-home estimate and get up to 50% off. Nature Stone, the only concrete solution. The Dayton Gun Show returns to the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Always on target with discount prices on everything you need for the shooting sports and self-defense. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 9 to 4, free parking, Children under 12, free with adult. Buy, sell, and trade at the Dayton Gun Show, Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center. This weekend, advanced tickets, admission coupon, and more info at cegunshows.com. That's cegunshows.com. See you there. Better squeeze that lucky rabbit's foot. Check your horoscope and shake that lucky eight ball. Powerball is up to $260 million. That's $260 million. Take on the odds your way and play Powerball today. And for a limited time, play pick three for chances to win more, nearly 20% more at no additional cost during our popular pick three red ball promotion. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Buying a car or truck? You kick the tires and we'll kick out a great rate. Abbey Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 3.49%. This offer is good on new and used vehicles. Visit us in Vandalia or Troy or at abbeycu.com. Clouds expected to break throughout the afternoon, making way for some sunshine. High temperature up to 36 degrees. Overnight tonight, partly cloudy skies and a low of 24. Chance for snow showers arriving in the morning hours on Sunday, changing to a wintry mix, then rain throughout the day.
I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on a chilly but bright and sunny afternoon. Let's jump out to the phones again and talk to Tim, who's calling from Wapakoneta. Tim, thanks for calling. What can we do for you? Yeah, I was just wondering if there was like a website you could go to to see if you could get pre-approved for a gun or you had to go to the uh, gun broker to to fill out paperwork in front of uh, there's there's no website that you can do that basically you do your own NICS check uh, where you can submit your information and then have them come back and tell you that you are permitted. But you would know most likely uh, if there has been a prohibiting event. And if there's not been a prohibiting event and it comes back that says you're declined, then that's something that you could appeal. And I w- we would recommend it because most people... Uh, the, the majority of people who are declined at appeal actually go back and when the research is done, uh, you send them your fingerprints and they go through that process. Then they find out, oh, OK, this wasn't the person we thought it was. Now, when, when you appeal that, do you appeal it at the store itself? Uh, no, you have to send that to the ATF. Uh, okay. So you, there's a form um, that you get. And once you've been declined or have been delayed, you get that form. Uh, it, you can download it from the ATF website. A lot of the gun dealers will have a copy of it available, and then you just fill in that form, but you have to submit it with fingerprints and some other things that go along with it. Now, just to clarify just to clarify for you, if you know you have a prohibited offense, there's not much— Well, when I, when I was younger, I, I, you know, I, I did have an assault charge, but it was like uh, probably 25 years ago. Was it a I misdemeanor? Didn't... Yes. Yeah, that, that's not that's not going to prohibit you unless there were some other strange mitigating circumstances that showed up in your record. But just a, an assault isn't going to eliminate you. Okay. It has to be a felony punishable by up to a year in jail. You got to be a fugitive from justice. And the, um, the exception to that would be domestic violence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. uh, if it's nothing like that, no felony, no domestic violence, no active TPO then you don't have a whole lot to worry about. And then if something would come back because of some glitch in the system, maybe you have a name similar to somebody and it's cross-referencing, That's then you can the file appeal. the appeal and they'll they'll do more uh, detailed uh, background and they'll find out that you're not the one that that's referring All to. All right, fellas, I appreciate you okay. getting up. Uh, thank you for your time. Thanks okay. for calling in. Good. I want to take the last couple of minutes to talk to our listeners about uh, some sales we have going on down at the range. Last week I mentioned... I tried to tell some people, you better get down there and see it before it's gone. Well, you missed it, huh? Yeah, you missed it, but then another one popped up. Oh, so good. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Glock 48. So if you haven't seen it, you can't shoot it because they haven't. There's so few distributed that they haven't issued the range guns yet. They're in the they're in the system right now, but you can come down and see it and buy it if you want to. And it's first come, first serve. Um, so if you're interested in seeing the new Glock 48, stop down to the range, and our staff will be more than glad to show it to you. We'll be open until. 5 o'clock today and 1 to 5 tomorrow. We also have some great deals on guns going on. If you check our website at sim-trainer.com under the flyer, you'll see that we are uh, kind of fire selling the Springfield XD Mod 2 at $375. Nothing wrong with that gun. It's just that that's something we're making room for the new stuff that's about to come out. We also have a couple of our— In fact, it's a great gun. It's a great gun. It's very popular. The 3-inch was real popular for concealed carry. The 4-inch is great for people that are shooting competition and they just want to have a good shooting gun. So we also have that in our range program if you want to try it. We also have the SIG P365, a couple of those left, and uh, that is in the range program, so you can take advantage of that if you wish. All right. Thanks very much for everybody for joining us on the show today. We'll be uh, back here next week. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.